just like Coach Daly said in his post-game game ball celebration, Derwin James is important to this football team. This team's record when Derwin James plays signifies his importance to this football team. The movie is different with Derwin James. I'm Jeffrey Feinberg. Welcome to the very first edition of Feinbolt. I'm not getting crazier. You're just getting to know me better. We're along for the ride all season long, uh, week in, week out. Me and my minutia of Chargers football. Why did Pat Mayo give me this show? I'm not really sure. What's this show going to become? Well, probably a place where I can rant so I don't have to waste time on Pat Mayo's spread show where we could just talk about the game at hand instead of my life filled with Chargers minutia. This Pat, but Pat thinks this is going to be a good idea. And Pat's always, uh, every time I've trusted Pat and followed his good ideas, they've worked out pretty well for me. What's the baseline for being allowed to do a show like this? Well, I thought about it. And for me, it's quite simple. It comes down to the fact that when I die, you are going to be thinking about me when the Chargers are in the Super Bowl, if they ever get there. But when I'm dead and the Chargers are in the Super Bowl, you're going to be thinking about me. You might want them to win. You might want them to lose. You might bet them because you think I'm going to do everything in my goddamn power stomping from above to make sure it goes our way. But I'd say that's a pretty good barometer uh, for being able to do this show. Add in the fact that I think every single ex-girlfriend I've ever had in my life probably absolutely hates the Chargers. To this day, if they have a husband, if they see them watching football, they might be like, did the Chargers win? No. Good. Also, anyone that's ever known me could probably sanction the fact that I think I've been doing this show nearly every day of my life since grade five. If you've known me, you've probably had to put up with a handful of episodes. But now we get to take this to a much larger audience. Um, so, hey, I'm excited to do it. Last week was... Um, I recorded something last week, to be perfectly honest. And it seems like there were a handful of you, three of you, well, I hope more, uh, that wanted it. Uh, I just didn't feel comfortable putting it out. Last week was a long and difficult um, week. And I didn't want, I don't know, maybe in the annals of history, that will be like the lost tape. I think there are some really good, good gems in that show. And I don't know. I don't think it will ever come to light. And that's my call because I canned it. But I think it was probably pretty good. But again, as I mentioned, it was. Um, I'll get right into it, I guess, like a lot of people. How do you put this? I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm blessed, but life's boring. Life's boring. And maybe that's my fault. And that's my craziness. And I know I'm insane. But but life is life is boring. There's too much melancholy in life. And I get really excited about the Chargers. And I'll tell you, last week wasn't boring. A lot of things happened. Um, we lost someone in 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 our family and um, it was the anniversary of 9-11 uh, and 9-11 also happens to be 
someone else who's passed in my family's birthday and is very important to me and the someone else passing just only rekindles memories of other people who I miss who have passed who subsequently began my relationship with the Chargers but it's important to laugh it's important to cry I cried a lot on the weekend thinking about people who I just lost thinking about people who I lost before and that 9-11 coverage I'm I don't even live in America but it rocks me like something happened to my best friend and you see those stories and it puts you in a it puts you in a weird place but it's healthy to cry and it's healthy to laugh and it's healthy to have interests. I truly believe it. And for me, it's the Chargers. And being able to watch the Chargers, I and, and some other emotions that I had last week, I felt alive. And I found that to be very healthy. And the good plays, the bad plays, watching that team, I feel alive. Watching that team while watching football with my best friends in the entire world, and, and we all have our different reasons, but for me personally and where we go, that's something we couldn't do last year. Uh, Canada, we kind of played by different rules and everyone sort of has their own rules that you had to respect. And me and my friends didn't get together much at all last year and watch football. So watching football in the place I've always watched football with my best friends in the entire world uh, laughing, making fun of each other because we are a mean-spirited bunch. Um, yeah, I just felt alive. It felt great. I'm excited. I was thrilled. I can't even tell you. Um, but also feeling alive in the other sense of uh, forgetting the football. You know, they're you know in some sadness. So I, I just in a bubble last weekend reminded me how alive one can feel. Um, and we'll move on. We'll move on from that. But I guess in closing on that, a life tip, do whatever makes you happy. Because honestly, nobody gives a fuck. Nobody gives a fuck. You're not that important. And nobody cares. So just do what makes you happy. Whatever that is in your life. That's what I want for you. That might have been a weird way where you may have not, you might not have thought that's where we were going to go just a couple minutes um into this thing but hey that's where we are and even seeing the fact that coach Staley's mom passed away uh it was the sunday was the anniversary of his mom's passing sorry sunday was his mom's birthday she'd have been 64 she passed when he was 21 years old i saw that emotion on him in the post-game press conference when he was asked about it and I got to give props to my guy, my number one power rank Chargers beat reporter, Gilbert Manzano of the OC Register. Uh, he asked the question, and I thought that was the best question of the post game. So, Gilbert, you remain at number one, and I can't wait to have you on uh, any time now to be talking some, some Chargers football with you. That's a fun dynamic every time I chat with, with Gilbert because, you know, it's the beat reporter and the insane fan. There's like... Um, yeah, there's a nice cross-section dynamic. Maybe I do something regularly with Gilbert. I don't know. We'll see um, where this becomes. I'm hoping to have a special guest on later in the show to break down the game versus the Cowboys this week. But the most important thing you can do is subscribe, Mail Media Network, and join PrizePix. PrizePix.com. Use that promo code MMN to get 100% instant match bonus 
up to $100 on your first deposit. And you can play with us weekly for weekly prizes in what we have turned into a season-long contest at Prize Picks, where you pick five projections in the NFL each week. You make an entry for $7.11. You are entered for a chance to win weekly prizes, or you just do it to make a great Prize Picks ticket. So subscribe to Mayo Media Network and join us over at Prize Picks because we're having a ton of fun over there all season long. So, okay, that's great. We can get that out of the way, some of the emotional, sad stuff, but it's all happy. It's all happy. I'm, I'm happier than a pig in shit, to be perfectly honest, when I think about the Chargers. When I think about the Chargers, I don't want to mention it again, but, you know, there's some other things we got to do this week and, and someone important we have to say goodbye to. Um, so happiness meets sadness. And again, it just makes me feel alive which is healthy because as I mentioned, I don't know about you, but life's boring. There's a lot of melancholy and maybe I need therapy for that. Cause I don't know. I love my girls. I love walking them to school each day. My wife's goddamn amazing, but watching chargers football makes me feel like differently. Um, and I crave it. And when I don't get it, I miss it. And even when the plays are bad, I don't know. It's still a feeling. Like, it's a feeling inside I don't get anywhere else from anything else. Uh, so, yeah, we'll admit I got problems. Uh, again, just a reminder, you're, I'm not getting crazier. You're just getting to know me better. Let's remember that. Because the people I know don't tell me I'm getting crazier. It's just the people on the Internet. People that I know, they know me forever. They've seen this crazy since I was 10 years old. Okay? Difference between me and some other people is I can admit I'm crazy. And difference between me and some other people, I can admit I'm insane. And difference between me and some other people is the last thing on earth I'd ever want to be is what you think is normal. Normal sucks. Let's get on with it. Sunday was magic, right? Sunday was magic. Maybe the best offensive line performance from the Chargers in 15 years. I'm sorry, Philip. I don't know. I don't know why. We finally cared. We finally tried. I'll get into Slater in a moment, but Corey Lindsley, there was not a single pressure up the gut that Justin Herbert was faced with. Not a single one. Not one time did it feel like in a passing situation, pressure came from the center. Already, I'm amazed. I'm amazed. Every metric, every stat that seemed unbelievable when hearing about this guy, when hearing about the lack of pressures, when hearing about how safe and secure he can keep the interior of my quarterback's pocket, I was like, oh my God, that's nice, but we're still the Chargers. Will that translate? Well, guess what? It did. It did. Even Brian Bulaga exits that game. As I've mentioned before, I don't know whether he signed his contract as a retirement package, but I, I don't know. The confidence in Brian being able to play full football games is is getting low, but I don't want to talk about anything negative. Storm Norton came in there. He played absolutely outstanding. The offensive line might be the my favorite thing from Sunday. Also, just want to mention, I feel great when I make a preseason NFL shop purchase. When I make a preseason NFL shop purchase and coaches wearing it on the sidelines on opening day. That, that's like a win for Feinberg. That's a win. Feinberg feels good about that. Feinberg feels good about that. And this show, we'll go through the closet. There'll be time. There'll be story time. We can relive Philip and Breeze. We can relive 
uh, firing Marty. We can relive not drafting Michael Vick. Did I already buy a Virginia Tech Vick jersey in celebration of owning Michael Vick? Of drafting Michael Vick to play for my favorite football team? Yeah, I did. And that was weird. But we got LaDainian Tomlinson. And we can do all those fun story times in the future. But right now, it is to celebrate what was Sunday. What was Sunday? That offensive line performance against that pass rush. That pass rush that I was afraid of all winter. And you told me to fear all winter. I think they're good. I just think we did an amazing job. I believe we had the fewest QB pressures in the entire league on Sunday. Feel great about that. When we play Dallas next week, we're not going to have to get rid of the ball quick. We're going over the top. That's going to be a show. We're going to talk about that later. Uh, Justin Herbert. What? There are no words. There was one mistake. It was a horrible interception in the red zone. Horrible interception in the red zone. I'll get to the fix in a few minutes. Horrible interception in the red zone. I would say of his of every pass he threw, there were probably three uncatchable balls four uncatchable balls if you don't call a if you call a fumble an incomplete pass again i'm going to get to that in a minute i'm probably less hot about that today than i was a couple days ago justin herbert showed me something sunday in combination with coach daly that we did not have before and it scares me and it should scare people that know me it should scare my goddamn family it really should Consider this, folks. Think about how much I fell in love with Philip Rivers. Think about it. In love. Dad, I love you. Foxhole. Foxhole. To the day I die with you. People don't understand it. They just hate him from the games they bet him and he lost, and they like him from the games they bet him and he won. But they didn't understand what it was like to be in your foxhole every fucking day. It was a goddamn pleasure. And I'd do it again. But right now we're doing something else. And it scares me to think where I might be if that's what I felt for him. Because this quarterback can make plays in the pocket, out of the pocket. This quarterback throws a ball that looks a lot different than the ball I fell in love with. So that, that should scare people. Really, when you think about it, I mean, I already named a child after him. What am I supposed to do if this quarterback's better? He called me. We should leave a link. Um, we should leave a link in the comments. Uh, I'll post it. If you want to see when Philip Rivers called me for, for Father's Day before the birth of my, or I think just after the birth of my first child, we're going on five years ago. So we have a personal relationship. And I love them. Sorry, I'm, uh, that just hit me. That just hit me hard. Like, because I fell. I fell head over heels for a seven and a half. What the fuck am I going to do if I got a nine? What if it's a 10? What if he's a 10? This isn't to be smirch loves of our past but it is to acknowledge a likely reality that 99 out of 100 times when the Chargers get the ball back with six minutes and 50 seconds in the fourth quarter or, or the whole game entirely, 
You all know we would have lost that game in the past. We did not lose that game on Sunday. We dominated the goddamn Redskins. Yards, time of possession, every aspect, total plays. It was an utter domination. But there was a point in that game where the Chargers went to the red zone four times and kicked two field goals total. That's why the game was close. Whew. We would have lost that game in the past. The games we dominated, the games we deserved to win, the games that we lost. But on Sunday, we won. Because the movie might be different now. The movie might be different. Derwin James is healthy, we write different movies. If we have an offensive line, we write different movies. Sorry, I'm so in love with coaches, Coach Staley telling me about the movies we can write together. Gets me, gets me. I got to get back on track. I got to find where I was in my notes. Six minutes and 50 seconds, we get the ball back. Phillip would have gotten a first down, maybe two. But we're punting that ball, and Washington gets it again. As much as I love Phillip, I don't see a world where we hold that ball for six minutes and 50 seconds. And maybe that had been Lynn's fault. The Redskins didn't touch the ball again, people. Third down. What were we, 14 of goddamn 19? This is what I know. This is what I know. It might be third and three. It might be third and four. It might be third and five. It might be third and goddamn 15. I'm going to throw you a catchable football. And we're going to have a chance to move the goddamn sticks. It's a new movie. And it's only week one. It's only week one. There's still plenty of time for you to watch and join us in our movie. And to say in January, you were part of them. Or you joined in chapter one. We can call this chapter one. You weren't ready for the forward, but maybe you're ready after chapter one. What happened on that drive with third down? Even our, our first down pass play calling seemed so much higher than the past. The past. So I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic. And seeing Derwin James fly around, I'm ecstatic. There are so many things to be ecstatic about. I want to find something for you, though. And it's important to me. Because we remember how this game ended. And we know how this game would have ended in the past. And I, many people were taken off guard last week when the Los Angeles Times wrote an article indicating Coach Staley had spoken about this team and the perception that we're cursed. From the article, the first step in solving the problem is acknowledging there is one, like anything in life. And Staley is acknowledging there is a wretched history. I've lived it. Quote, I think what people don't do a good enough job of is admitting what's out there, Staley said. What I've tried to do is confront the truth head on with these guys. Like, hey, people, do you think we're cursed? Wait, he addressed this? He addressed this with the team? Asked the He addressed this with the team? 
asked the writer of the article. Oh, yeah, of course I did, said Staley. Curses don't exist. Staley knows that. Friends of the Pat Mayo Hour, we might beg to different. But he also knows how a franchise pass can affect the mood of a fan base in times of crisis. How a sense of fatalism in the stands can gradually seep into the field until negativity becomes unescapable. Quote, I'm a former cancer patient, said Staley. So are both of my parents. There is no such thing as a person with bad luck. It's just life. It's what you make of it. We'll write our story based off the people that are here and how we do things. So we're going to write our story. And I respect Coach Staley. And if anyone on this planet is going to think they're cursed, it would be having your mom taken from you when you're a young boy and then having your own fight with lymphoma yourself and then seeing your father get cancer. So if this is a man who could, who could have crawled up and believed in curses instead of wanting to write his own story four goddamn years ago coaching Division Three, soon, one day, your team might be in trouble. And I got a feeling a lot of people might want the next one of what I got. Because every time he opens his mouth, I'm goddamn mesmerized. I'm mesmerized. You have to understand, I just watched Anthony Lynn Pressers for four years. And the authenticity and the accountability that I get from Coach Staley, <coughs> it's everything I want. I'm real excited. I'm really excited. Maybe the thing that made me most excited about Sunday when I stepped back and, and, and rethought about it all was the rookies. We'll start off the top. Rashawn Slater was outstanding as it's been tweeted about almost everywhere, the conversation about him and how he played was almost unheard of. To a man, people who do the tape thing, people who are just so inundated with league circles were making one of two comments. One, I either, wa I watched this Rashawn Slater tape and it was goddamn outstanding what this guy might be. Superstar. The other takes were, I haven't seen the Rashawn Slater's tape, but everyone I speak to in league circles keeps telling me I need to go watch the Rashawn Slater tape. Oh, I watched it. I'm not a tape guy. We're not going to say here I'm breaking down tape. When I say I watched it, it means I rewatched the plays. I have the app. I pay for a subscription. I, I can just watch the game again. I can hit fast forward 20 seconds. I get to the next play. I watch it again. Sometimes I'm watching, just trying to watch a specific player, but I don't know feet work. Like, I don't know those things. I'm not breaking down tape. I just like to see things again. I just like to see things again. Um, yeah, so that was outstanding. Two, Asante Samuel Jr., you are your father's son, lad. You are your father's son, young boy. Oh, my God. Um, a, a questionable pass interference call early but some incredible pass defended. You contributed in helping the run. And I watched that replay of that game change. Where did the game change? Where did the game change? The most important play of that football game was right after that Justin Herbert interception. They're on their own five-yard line. We get the ball back right away. We get the ball back. The, you watch that play again. I've watched it like seven times again. 
Asante Samuel attacks that ball carrier, attacks the football, puts Gibson in a position where now he exposes himself to the help. Thank you, Asante. I look forward to seeing it again. It'll be a big test versus those Cowboys this week. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was super, that was super exciting. Um, I'm so fired up about other things. I, maybe you want me to rant. I, I do believe something was so fishy in that game. I don't think games are fixed. I'm a wrestling fan. I like the sport of Kings. I don't mind predetermined sport of Kings. I just don't want to be wagering, wagering on predetermined sport of Kings. Well, no predetermined sport. Sport of Kings is foot is, is wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. Uh, but I don't want to be wagering on predetermined sport. I'm not against making a mania bet or a Royal rumble bet, but I know what I'm getting into. And it feels like when I'm betting football, there should be like insane limits and we should know what we're getting into because I worry for the health of somebody. I don't know if it's made it onto the the police blotter, but there's likely been a kidnapping. There is likely been a kidnapping. I hope it doesn't involve children. God forbid, but someone tried to do something. Someone tried to do something on Sunday in the district of Columbia and it backfired. They tried to rig. They tried to rig something. They tried to stop the count. And maybe they paid a lot of money to get that count stopped. But what happens when you pay a lot of money for a desired event and it doesn't go your way? That's when the kidnappings take place. So now I ask you, the quarterback throws a ball 15 yards airborne and it goes out the back of the end zone that's a fumble that's a fumble that's a fumble no no it is not and there's one thing i know very well it's called an empty palm philip rivers was my quarterback people i know what an empty palm looks like coming forward justin's hand his momentum, his palm pushed that ball 15 goddamn yards. He tried to take it from me. Coach Staley wouldn't allow it. We're a fourth quarter team now. I have Justin. Third and 16, third and five, third and four, third and seven. What do you want it to be? Where's the stick? I'm going to throw a catchable ball. You're going to have to try a lot harder. You're going to have to try a lot harder if you want to fix them against me now because we dominated. We did not beat that team by four points. We beat them by 14 points as far as I'm concerned. Box score, time of possession, total plays, yards, it's all in front of you. It's all in front of you. Phantom turnovers can change things. Hear me out. I get refs are bad. Calls are going to happen in the game that are bad. That's just something we've got to live with. I have a much harder time living with a call when they go to New York and get a look at it. A ball can't travel 15 yards. You see that? Airborne, airborne 15 yards. Airborne 15 yards. Snap from the 14-yard line. Ball lands one yard inside the end zone. How'd it get there? 
how to get there. It's a fumble, they say. We'll look at it again, they say. It's still a fumble, they say. So just buckle the fuck up, because we're in for some crazy shit. If that's a fumble, we're in for some crazy shit. We're in for it. We're in for it. It's also ironic that you all would have guessed if one quarterback was going to get put into a body bag Sunday, it would have been mine. But it wasn't. It was theirs. All right. That's about it for me. I'm going to discuss Dallas with a special guest, and I'm looking forward to doing that. I'm looking forward to doing that. That's going to be a fun game. Four o'clock Sunday. Um, that's going to be a fun one. That's going to be the first game at SoFi. It's going to be 90% Cowboy fans. That won't be fun. Geoff's running down the road, trying to loosen his load. He's got Philip Rivers on his mind. Looking for a touchdown, settling for field goals, disappointing Geoff all the time. Where's Nate Keaton? Where's Nate Keaton? I don't know the rest of the words, but that brings back some great memories of my days working with Rob Pozzola. I feel like he might have been Cam Stewart's official songwriter. Maybe now that Cam and Rob uh, are part of the Mail Media Network, I can get Cam to maybe write me a remix as an intro to my show here, Fine Bolt, on the Mail Media Network. It's time to talk Chargers Cowboys for the week, this week's matchup. Uh, Rob will be on with Pat. That'll be dropping Friday, talking all things football and liquid cheese with Cam Stewart. Uh, but I'm here to talk some Cowboys Chargers with you, Rob. That was uh, that brought back memories for sure. I think the lyrics have evolved over the course of the year. Like I think that the verse that you sang was a little bit different from what I remember. But Maybe. yes, those were the days like Cam just used to run into the studio and be like, Pizzola, you got to write me a tune about Gioff or write me a tune about the Chargers. And Cam is the ultimate performer. Like he absolutely ate that shit up just in general. But um, those were the days, man. That was some great stuff. Yeah, I think we did like maybe a song a week or like bi-weekly. Like part of the show was getting Cam a new, a new song to a famous, putting words to a famous track and and letting Cam love to freestyle songs the same way he loved to, to make up nicknames, good times. Anyhow, Chargers, Cowboys this week, Rob. The Cowboys, they get a bad rap for like their fan base and being annoying. But I got to admit, the Cowboy fans that I know, um, they're very pretty much level-headed. They're quite jaded. Their expectations are always um, very much in check. So it never really meets the, um, the noise you know, the, the actual interactions I have with Cowboy fans never meets the perception of Cowboy fans as a whole, in my opinion. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I think with any fan base, you're always going to have some sort of fans who are overconfident or arrogant, cocky, and just annoying in general. And that is just going to happen in the NFL. I think when you're a Cowboys fan, like I've been for my entire life, you do get very jaded. Like it's been decades of losing and even our best teams early playoff exits under Tony Romo. So it's very hard to be confident for me at this point. 
I mean, you've known me a long time, Gioff. I, I mean, I love the NFL. I'm a huge fan. I hope the Cowboys win a Super Bowl, but I'm in this for a living as well. I want to win bets. And whether that's betting on or against Dallas, I'm happy to do that on any given week if the right opportunity presents itself. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to present you in any other way. And I think people who know me and, and know this network know that you don't give a shit about that in like the, the way that I um, would. You'll play that number. You'll see what your your inputs, um, the output that your inputs spit out. And you're happy to play that regardless. That being said, I know you well enough to know that you still do care about your favorite teams enough and it's cowboy week. And I wanted an excuse to bug you um, to come on and talk a little bit of football. So let's break this thing down from my perspective. I'm quite excited. I think people at four o'clock are going to be in for a hell of a football game, a very entertaining football game. That's the first chargers game with crowds at this stadium and Dallas is going to embarrass them in the crowd. I think it's embarrassing that the league put this game here. The chargers, at least in their first home game should have an opportunity to have a crowd. That's not going to become a meme by four 15 on Sunday, but Justin Herbert's going to throw the ball deep, Rob. He did not do that versus Washington. They were very effective with a game plan and it worked. And with the respect of that Washington pass rush, but I don't think that respect will, will, will carry over to Dallas. I think I'm looking forward to an air show. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, nor should they respect the Dallas defense. This is going to be one of the worst defenses in the league this year. And I'm really struggling to see how they're going to generate stops in this game. You look at the Chargers offensive line. It's one of the most drastically improved units in the entire league year over year obviously bringing in Corey Lindsley and then drafting Slater as well. And that really showed because it held up against that Washington defensive front last week. I think it's going to hold up against the Cowboys. The Cowboys are going to have to send uh, blitzers in order to generate pressure. And that's a major problem because Justin Herbert was one of the best quarterbacks against the blitz all of last season. And on top of that, the Cowboys just do not have the cover cornerbacks that are going to be able to take uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams out of the game. So Personally, I see this as an opportunity for the Chargers to put up big big points, and then it's a matter of whether or not the Cowboys can match them. And ordinarily, I would say yes. I think the loss of Lyle Collins to suspension is going to be a huge blow, especially with Bosa on that side. And Dallas is going to have to either use their running backs and pass protection to chip block and things of that nature, or come through with a very similar game plan to what they had against Tampa Bay last week, where Dak is just getting it out very quickly but eventually opposing defenses are going to catch on to that. And if they don't have anything downfield, I think this is a game that the chargers may ultimately win comfortably. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of excitement, like just football fan, fantasy fan, DFS stack, you know, there's a lot to like about this game and you see it happening for obvious um, reasons. I have fully expect Dallas to make big plays to do what they are going to do. But over the course of four quarters, Bosa, Derwin James, I think, allow the Chargers to just make a stop or two. I'm far more confident in that happening than I am um, as it pertains to Dallas. Let me run this thought by you. The extra rest in the, the time off as it pertains to the week one, week two, Dallas having played on Thursday, I think it's negated. Chargers running brand new systems on both sides of the ball. What could Dallas have been looking at with that extra time? Well, the Chargers, if they wanted could have assigned staff to really get a look at what Dallas was running on Thursday. 
Yeah, I think historically speaking, too, the extra rest earlier on in the season is not worth as much as later in the year, uh, probably for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, Gioff, it, it just in the sense that you don't really have a lot of tape to work with. Uh, and honestly, what the Chargers did against Washington is probably not indicative of all, at all of how they would play Dallas because these are two entirely different defenses and offenses as well. So I don't think Dallas gains much of an advantage there either. I would agree with you. Um, on that on that note, a lot has been made of the Dallas linebackers pretty much having to play three positions, their own, and they got to help on the back end and they got to help on the front end. On paper, it looks like one of the deepest units in football. Do you believe or expect that can actually hold up for them? I don't know. Part of it is Dan Quinn coming into town and me just generally being not as high on Dan Quinn as I think a lot of other people are around the league. You especially look at what he did with Atlanta and giving up play calling duties for them on defense last year. And they were a horrible, horrible defense through the first eight weeks when he was calling plays. All of a sudden he gives up play calling duties. They go six and two and their defense ends up fourth in EPA per play over the last eight games of the season. So I, I think that's just an indictment on Dan Quinn as a head, as a defensive coordinator in general, at least calling the defensive plays. And honestly, just looking at how Dallas played defensively against Tampa Bay in that first week, I think a lot of people are going to look at that final score. And I mean, granted, it was a close game. We can't argue that it wasn't a close game, but uh, the Cowboys defense benefited from some luck with the turnovers in that game. And they can't really rely on that every single game. And I think it's a pretty big indictment that they were able to force four turnovers in that game and still end up losing the, the contest outright. So uh, I'm not quite sure what the linebacking core is going to be. I think there's a very wide range. Um, there were some, you know, hit and miss plays last week, for sure. There were some plays where I noticed Parsons was completely out to lunch, some plays where he made an impact. Um, and, and that's just like, we're, we're going to learn more about that through four five, six weeks of the season. Uh, but yeah, I'd certainly say that this unit has potential. I'm just not sure it's ever going to achieve it under Dan Quinn. Yeah, but hey, I mean, as long as they sort of keep their head um you know, they could tread water. It keeps them alive like every team in that division through the end of the season. I'll get you out on, on this, Rob. Uh, I won't force you to make a pick on the game. I'm seeing a lot of people who I know are smarter than me telling me they like the Chargers. Maybe they just want to suck up to me. But the notion that these two teams are even, I guess some people might not disagree with. The, the, the score versus Washington wasn't as flattering maybe as it should have been when you look at time and total plays and, and total yards in many respects, but I have so much respect for you. And there've been many times where it's been before the year and you tell me you like the chargers and you're just afraid of the coach and your modeling tells you the chargers are going to be good. Well, now you've seen an upgraded offensive line. You can hope in the modeling doesn't account that the Derwin James and Joey Bosa are going to get injured. Cause as the coach said, after the game, this team can write a different movie when Derwin James plays and Justin Herbert, while the stats might regress, you know, Philip Rivers, Chargers might have won that game. They likely would have lost, but Philip Rivers would have had to punt that ball back to the Redskins. We were never going to hold that ball for six minutes and 50 seconds and never let the opponent see it again um, in that past era. Um, and it's scary to think how much I love that guy. And this guy might, well, whatever. I don't want to go there, but um, he might be, though. He might be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want, yeah. It's just, it's different. I mean, the, plays can extend they're not over when one guy breaks a line it's it's fun it's different um is there like in a belief between the coaching and offensive line and an injury luck that things are might really break this team's way all season long that they might be a fourth quarter team in some respects 
I think so. I mean, I still don't know what to make of Staley at head coach. And I, I do think he was probably a little bit of an overrated coordinator with the Rams, just by virtue of the fact that the Rams played such an easy schedule last year of opposing quarterbacks. So I'm not ready to, to anoint him as the next best thing. I, I obviously think there's an upgrade over Anthony Lynn because it's almost impossible not for there not to be an upgrade over Anthony Lynn. Uh, and for those who are calling for the regression of Justin Herbert, because of how well he played under duress last season. Well, he wasn't actually that great with a clean pocket. And I think there's a lot for him, a lot of room for him to improve with a clean pocket. So I'm not buying into that regression either, just in general, um, because of those numbers from last season. Overall, I think the Chargers are very deep. I don't think they're obviously at the same level of the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's always going to be a struggle. They also play in a like a tough division. I think the Broncos are very, very underrated this year. The Raiders could go anyway, but if they play like they did, um, at least in the second half against the Ravens, then the sky is the limit for them as well. So that's always working against them. But overall, I think there's a very talented team on paper. Um, I have over on their win total this season, despite the difficult division. I'm a believer in this team, and I hope it's not another year of high expectations going into the year and then you know things just falling apart. But overall, I think this is probably the best equipped they've, they've been to make a playoff run in a long time. Yeah, they look healthy. All those metrics on Lindsley and pressures up the gut, it was so weird. It was so different. That was the best offensive line performance by the Chargers in maybe 15 years. Rob, thanks for taking the time uh, to join me. I guess I should just throw it out there. I think people all know our relationship. A lot probably don't. You called me Geoff for the most of the show. Uh, I worked with Rob in a different life, uh, what feels like a different life. And it's like people that you know from different times in your life. Uh, I don't know. There's just things that, that what the, he that, that's just going to stick because Cam called me off incessantly because the first time I saw Cam, I didn't even he didn't even know me. I used his computer. He yelled, who the fuck is Geoff Feinberg? I guess my <laughs> email was signed in. And from there. I've been off to a lot of people from that, that time. I, I, it rolls off your tongue. It, it might hit other people differently, uh, but it's, it's a uh, sense of friendship, not disrespect. For sure. I mean, that's, that's how I've known you my whole life. So um, I, I don't think that that can ever change. Even if I made a conscious effort to try to change it, I'm sure I would slip up pretty quickly. Um, good times. You see Rob every Friday with Cam, with Pat. What a blast that was. Um, last week getting to watch your first episode I've known Cam for so long sometimes I think I know 90% of his stories and then he does a show and there's like five stories I've never heard before um, because he is just a wealth of of stories and good times and I told Pat you're doing the show so late in the week that you actually get the best most prepared version of Cam you really do. And I mean, my favorite thing about Cam, as I've known him for over a decade now, is the fact that he has absolutely no shame. Like he speaks openly about his life. Like, again, there's just absolutely no shame. Whatever comes into his mind, he is going to say it. And there are not many people in this world that are as natural um, as he is. So it's an absolute blast. And I love to nitpick him for a lot of stuff that he says just in general. I think the chemistry is there. So uh, I am looking forward to doing that every Friday this year. Yeah. And it's great. And Pat's just so will be great at playing off both of your two natural longstanding relationships. So that drops every single Friday on the Mayo media network. Don't forget, subscribe, like comment, 
all that, all that fun stuff, all that great content here at MMN. Uh, thank you so much for watching this first edition of uh, uh, Fine Bolt. Again, Pat gave me the show. Uh, Pat's a smart guy. Most of every move Pat's told me to make has worked out for me. And here's another example of that. Why do I deserve this show? Well, when I die and the Chargers are in the Super Bowl, you'll be thinking of me. Remember, I'm not crazy. I'm not getting crazier. You're just getting to know me better. I'm Jeff Feinberg. Go Chargers. We'll see you next week versus the Chiefs. That'll be a big one. Hopefully they, you know, that could be a fun one where the national media wants to pretend we're closer than we are if this week works out how I hope. But that's a conversation for the next. I'm out. Geoff's running down the road, trying to loosen his load. He's got Philip Rivers on his mind. Looking for a touchdown, settling for field goals, disappointing Geoff all the time. Where's Nate Keaton? Where's Nate Keaton? I don't know the rest of the words.